0: Liverpool rampant, City cruising, no change in game week one. It's the Fancy Football Surgery Podcast. Welcome back everyone to episode 99 and for those of you returning haven't listened to our early season podcast, thank you for all your support. Indeed, it is episode 99 on Wednesday, the 14th of August, 2018, and the return of the beautiful game. We've all had either a very successful or very stressful weekend when it comes to monitoring our teams. First of all, welcoming back the Iceman.
1: Thank you very much, Brilli, and welcome back to yourself too.
0: Thank you. And uh, did, you, did you manage to sleep this weekend? <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I slept. I was actually on a stag do, so... didn't You have follow, no soul. Didn't you follow soulless FPL wannabe. Yeah, I didn't follow as much football as I wanted to, but I did watch two games. watch the United game and the Arsenal game, so I uh, made up for it, and I've watched all of the matches of the day, so I've, I've caught
0: up. Are you uh, didn't watch any of the Tottenham game, then? No, no, I didn't. Did you? No. I did. I've, uh, I've got myself a nice little Sky subscription for the year. So many games I will be watching to justify that little outlay each week. Good. But uh, yeah, look, but I think you did very well anyway. We'll come to that in just a second. I'm not going to talk about the fact that this is episode 99 we will get to episode 100 next week and the amazing things we've got planned in store. Look out for that one. Um, we have got uh, an awesome guest friend of the podcast back once more, Mr. Peter Blake. Welcome back, Pete.
2: Thank you very much. And good evening. How are you? Very good.
0: Thank you. For the sake of confusion, um, the Ice panel will refer to me as Bully for the rest of this podcast. And Pete as Peter or Pete, um, because we've had a nightmare trying to set this up for the last three quarters of an hour that's involved a fire alarm and some poor recording. So, um, Pete, how, how is it having FPL back in your life again?
2: It's fantastic and uh, terrible at uh, in equal measure, basically. It's it's bit. It was a nice summer. Uh, it, I didn't do anything with the World Cup um, in terms of fantasy, so I was able to just watch football, and I really enjoyed it. Did uh, a few sort of uh, research and analysis uh, blog posts, which uh, oh, nice. which I enjoyed, and yeah. Now now it's spent a good good few weeks building the team, and now it's it's here. You think, crap, seven weeks of this left now. <laughs> what am I gonna yeah, do? Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it's uh, all, all the signs of an addiction, I think, is, is what I'm displaying at the moment.
0: That's really interesting because in the early days of doing this, everyone was like loving it, missing FP hours. It's got a bit more serious. The guests are ever so slightly cracking and feeling a bit stressed. <laughs> and just the sense of relief over the summer, it's uh, it's coming out in all of you now. So you've yeah. got 37 <laughs> more weeks to get through. You're not even talking about enjoying that 37 weeks anymore.
2: No, it's attritional. There's, uh, there's no, <laughs> no doubt about that anymore. But. Okay, um, nice. It's great to have you back
0: on board and we know what you're really strong with is your stats and just being aware of the data that that perhaps the rest of us wouldn't be paying attention to as much. So really looking forward to seeing what you've got to say and what you've observed from the first uh, weekend man, let's have a let's see how we got on with our teams this week. Do you want to start by kicking us off with the new season? What was your team and how did you do?
1: Yeah, can do. So uh, I'll just list my team very, very uh, briefly. So I had McCarthy in goal, Van anholt Coleman, Van Dijk, Richardson, Mares, Salamane, Gray, King and Aguero in my starting 11. And of course, like everyone else, I had uh, Saka on the bench. So I actually finished on 82, which is a good score, but I'm not happy with it because I had Mendy for ages and yeah, obviously he scored 15 i just felt uh, I, the only reason i got rid of him i got rid of him for van Arnholt to make 0.5 up so i could get Mara's in and he went off yeah. on the uh the 59 mark which is uh a gutter but i'm hoping for big points next week from mares so he might make up for it but i have actually got Mendy in already before he price rise last night uh for van dyke so I've already made that change.
0: Interesting. Well, I'm not going to, because there's, there's so many questions I want to ask you about those decisions and City potential, but I'm going to save that for when we actually cover the fixture itself. But a good first game week score, solid. Um, Peter, we've always spoken about the idea if you can average 60 points a week over the season, that's pretty decent going. How did you feature in your in your first game week?
2: Uh, so I beat, beat my average, or beat my target Excellent. of 60 points, but uh, it was only 64. And in another week where people were getting hundred plus points, it's it's not great. I think I mean I had Mendy who scored fifteen, Richarlison fourteen, Salah captain sixteen, Van Dyke six. Apart from that it was just a sea of twos and ones basically and I had Mambasaka on the bench. It, it, it wasn't great. I think there was just a lot of fifty fifty decisions that sort of went against me this time round, like Erickson over Mane and an over Zaha and you know, Van Dyke over Roberton. But generally speaking, I mean I'm looking at my team now and I'm not I'm not disappointed Pleased with it. I think it's. I think it's fine. I, I think over the course of the season it'd be good. I think i just got a little bit unlucky this week, to be honest. It's. Um, I think it's well balanced. I think there's a lot of points in, in there. So, yeah, not not an ideal start, but yeah, like I said, I beat my target at 60 points for the week, so can't complain.
0: Yeah, and there's again, we'll speak about those individuals more as we go through the pod. But there lies kind of a bit about FPL. Ericsson, great end to last season, great World Cup. You kind of bank on him you might say, you know, Mane and uh, Salah in the same team, too good to be true, and they both come up Trump. So it's that stress of FPL, isn't it? We can never quite guarantee. Yeah, absolutely. So um, in terms of my game week, I was kind of sandwiched between the Iceman and Pete. Um, I got 70 points. Uh, the team I ended up fielding, I went with three Liverpool players. I had Allison uh, and Robertson, so that got me off to a good start. Defensively, I had Daniels. Um, I was hoping for more from uh, Coleman. He only got me one point. Sanchez, Sessignon, Richarlison and Salah across my midfield and up front, Zaha. I went for the wrong Bournemouth striker in King and then Aguero. Big scorers, as you know, Richarlison, Salah, captaincy, Robertson, Allison. But again, just that I thought that was pretty good. But then when you see some of the huge scores of people capitalising on the likes of Mane, just where I fell away there and Aguero didn't do it against Arsenal. And like I saw a stat, I think it was around 560,000 FPL managers had one Bissaka on the bench so that's 12 points nestling there just lovely for me
1: it is good cover though he's always there just in case now isn't
0: it? i'm looking forward to speaking about palace for the first time in about a season of doing this podcast so we'll, we'll come to that in a minute iceman definitely and um, let's see how the mini leaguers did then so our top 10 let's see if there's any familiar faces um so in we've got loads of people enjoying ninth so i'm just going to read all of those so in joint ninth, we've got One Season Wonder with Carl Dunn. Joint with him, we've got Miri Nuri Apper, Bill Carter, Ben Richards Men, Martin Butcher, Blank Lacazette Tape, Tom Horner. And then in joint seventh, we've got Mang Yang, oh God, Mas, Yang DFC. <laughs> Um, with Shailash Dakal, sorry if I'm pronouncing this wrong joint 7th with Clifton Celtic John Hawkins like this one in joint 5th place G Sung Park the bus Andy Blackburn's Syme Seam sorry about that joint 5th we've got That's John Fashnu, Steve Monk Chipman being Onalcevic Andrew McKinnon is joint 3rd with Liquid Football with Jack, Jack Cassidy love that Partridge reference Ballers FC Barry Coker's in 2nd and at 1st place loving this Alex Bruning Vasco to Arsenal. Has he been in the league before, Iceman? I do yeah, recognise him. Yeah, I
1: think him. I've seen his name before. Yeah, he looks like a regular.
0: Great, great start for you, Alex. One hundred and twelve points. Anything to point out from the top 10 Iceman?
1: Other than uh, there was a lot of people playing their bench boost this week, uh, but the top man actually didn't play his bench boost, and he had uh, Shaw on the bench with 11 points. Yeah, I did
0: see actually after the first game, the first uh, game United against Leicester, someone had triple captained Luke Shaw. Incredible scenes.
1: Yeah, madness.
0: Right, okay. Um, The next thing I just want to go through is to thank and welcome our uh, elite listeners, our Patreon followers. I'm going to list them all here. Uh, they'll be supporting the podcast this year. Head over to patreon.com um, if you want to follow the Fantasy Football Surgery podcast and support the work you're doing. You can join our Slack channel. There's also opportunity to win prizes there as well. So, for the year, we've got Adi Yakov, we've got Andreas Holmtoft, we've got Andre Bergstrom, Brian Lowery, FF Pogs, FPL Mediocrity, FPL Sexy, more from him later, Ian Houghton, Sexy Horts, or thoughts, Jeff Tajawi, John Eric Torstenberg, uh, Tor- Nice man, help me out. John Eric, Thorstinson Torstingson, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's always been a great listener. I'm so sorry, John. Um, <laughs> Justin Dye, Mahesh, Jega Deason, Matthew Greco, Mika, uh, Mike A, Oli Doyle, Stephen Griffin, the FPL General, and Tom Campbell. Welcome once again, chaps, to the FPL elite of podcast followers, and please join them this season to support the podcast and get involved with everything that's going on in that group.
1: <laughs> yes, thank you very much to all of our patrons. We really do appreciate
0: it. It really does help develop the podcast. Thank you. Um, right then, chap, shall we get down to business of talking about fixtures? Yeah, why not? Yeah, I suppose we should. Mm. Right, we have got an absolute slam dunk of a, uh, of a first fixture for this weekend. We've got Cardiff versus Newcastle. Um, Peter, I'm going to let you kick us off and drawl over this particular fixture. How do you see this one going?
2: Yeah, thanks for that. That's has been awesome. <laughs> Hospital pass, that one. Um, yeah, I, ugh, I don't really fancy anybody, to be honest, across either team. Uh, Kennedy, actually, is probably the one that um, jumps out as a potential five million option. I think there's a few five million options, actually. I think if you compare him to someone like Neves or, yeah, I'll talk about Tom Kearney in a while as well. But uh, I think Kennedy looks a bit of a threat. When, uh, when he came on he found himself in quite a lot of room uh, against Tottenham uh, sometimes uh, hey, most to ask, after... is there, sorry I'll let you
0: carry on is there a stat to back up Kennedy because I, I was I, I watched this and I, I I don't know Kennedy is a bit of a flash for me um, he had that lovely one-on-one chance which just went off his shin was there some data or something else that you saw that you think makes him promising
2: to be honest no um, <laughs> I, th- I think he's um, uh, I'm, I'm sort of grasping at straws a little bit here to be honest yeah. uh, <laughs> I think he he just looked the most direct. He looked most like he was going to make something happen for Newcastle. I think there isn't really anybody else there. I think defensively, I think they looked a bit all over the place. They could not defend set pieces to save their lives. Everything was going in. Uh, I don't know if that's just because of the quality of Eriksen's deliveries, but I know Sanchez got on the end of a few. Um. At one point, they found themselves two to three against in in their own box during the first half defensively, they seem poor. I think there's been problems at that club over the summer. Players were on strike for a while, or on media strike anyway, because uh, of bonuses. Obviously, the whole Mike Ashley thing with the fans is, is kicking off again. Yeah. It doesn't seem... It seems like Rafa's holding that club together with a bit of sellotape in both hands. And I think they were competitive against Spurs, but at the end of the day, Spurs were still by far the better team. I, don't, I can't really see much going on there. From an attacking perspective, you're looking at them trying to break down a Cardiff team who I think are going to be very disciplined this season. I think in FBL terms, they're going to be very unspectacular. But if you look at their average positions on the pitch, it was all very bunched in centrally. And they had the lowest number of bad touches and dispossessions over the weekend as well. They're going to be, they're going to be tight and they're going to be disciplined. And I think you're going to need probably more imagination than Newcastle have got to get much out of um, out of Cardiff this season. Going forwards, I think Rules look like he was—he was quite good. His, his, his deliveries, especially, look quite good. But I think they've got a, another player called uh, is it Zahore coming back in. I think some of the you know, Cardiff bloggers and uh, a few people have been talking. You know, Judge them when he's back, because I think he will give a, a bit of a foil for Reed up front. But at the same, I, I wouldn't advocate. Okay, necessarily going near them at this point, if I'm honest. So, I think it'll be it'll be an interesting game. I can see maybe just one or two goals in it, though. And from an FPL perspective, long term, I'm not sure there's, there's many in this in this game I, I would be looking at at the moment.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. I'm, I'm going to come in on this one. I mean, like Newcastle, I can't see any options there at all for now uh, until their fixtures improved. I mean, like Kennedy, people were shouting him, but he, he only had, like Bully said, he only had the one chance and also created nothing. Roslu scores and he barely ever scores. <laughs> Cardiff. I think the question is here whether people with Peltier is actually going to start him. What are your thoughts on that, uh,
2: Peter? He started started the last game, didn't he? But um, did they they sign anybody over the summer? Which might. I'm I'm pretty sure I saw somebody on deadline day come in in and might compete with him for that position. But. I think, yeah, if you're looking at a 4 million defensive option, it's one Bersaka all day long at the moment. So
1: Yeah, no, I'm just saying, on, on people who actually got him, do you reckon that he's a starting option? Considering they're playing Newcastle, who, like you've just read, is uh, not looking
0: too great.
2: I think, yeah, if you've got him, I think he's a starting option. We've only got one game's worth of data to go on, but he started at the weekend. And I think Cardiff have potential for a clean sheet in this game. So if I had him, I wouldn't be frightened of starting him, uh, assuming I've got no other valid options in defence.
0: I think that's a a good shout because... Against Bournemouth, they they let in two, but they're coming up against quite a dynamic, I think. I think front sort of lineup in the Bournemouth side. We'll talk a bit more about them in a moment. But really looking at Newcastle at the weekend, Hossaloo I wouldn't put my team anyway. But even with the likes of um, the, the two other strikers coming on in Muto and Rondon as well, again, just didn't really have the final pass didn't really particularly look at a threat. I know they have that one with Rondon um Maurice saving it onto the bar but I don't know. I think this is the sort of game that Warnock has set them up quite nicely to shut out Newcastle. So if you've got a Cardiff defender I'd be pro keeping them and maybe trying it just for this fixture.
1: Yeah, I don't really have anything else to add on on these
0: two teams. I suppose
1: Bobby Bobby Reed got three attempts on goal but, you know, 5.5 option I'd probably rather go Ings. So yeah,
0: Next fixture, let's move on. Okay, Burnley versus Watford. Well, Watford surprises, didn't
1: they, Iceman? Yeah, no, them Watford looked actually pretty decent. I mean, they've just lost uh, Richardson. It just turns out they don't actually need him. So they did ho- hold off Brighton to no shots on target for the whole game. So Foster in goal looked a-, a pretty good option for people. Burnley, they actually looked pretty decent against Southampton. Got most shots this game week it was actually in the Burn- Burnley Southampton game with thirty four. Players like Tarkovsky, me, me, even almost got an overhead goal against Southampton. Uh, the, there are options at, at Burnley. It's just that you've got to wait for the, this Europa League to go away. And <clears throat> if you're looking at Watford uh, themselves, it, it was Perea who looks to be the, the man in midfield to go for. He's 6 million. He got four shots in the penalty area, which was the highest among midfielders. His stats, though, I've looked into it, and his stats apparently last season were just way better at home than they were away. But what volley he scored. I mean, did you see that? Jeez. It uh, was uh, a thing of beauty, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was, it was awesome. I have heard, though, that Torino has reported interest in him, and they can still buy from the Premiership until uh, the end of August. So, the little flag on that one, whether you're thinking about bringing them in. But I think you got to give him uh, another week just to just to prove himself. Yeah. Well, what
0: about um, Hollibass? He was kind of the, the fancy defender for a while last season. Two assists in this one. So are we going to see more returns from Hollibass again, do you think, Iceman?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, he was a really good option. He does get forward quite well. And he was an option for us last, was it last season or the season before? Yes. Um, I was so he I it was last. I think it was a season before, really. Could become it again. Yeah, I think it was a season before, actually, yeah. Uh, last season, not yeah. so much because I think he was injured or carded or something. Okay, uh, Pete, do you want
2: to come in on this one? Yeah, I think. I mean, just on the Holabas point, I think it's. I think Watford looked pretty solid defensively, actually. Um, I. It remains to be seen whether well, that was just because Brighton looked very poor, but Watford. Watford seemed to look quite quite solid uh, in defence. I think the, one other player I'd point out who. I think he impressed a lot pre-season. Uh, yeah, his manager had a lot of kind words for him as well, was uh, Andre Gray up front. He was on the ball a lot, and he, he was quite good at finding space, I think, as well. I, I, I didn't go for him. Uh, he, he, was, he was on my on my list, and I, I almost went for him. But I, just, I couldn't be sure if he'd start ahead of Dini, and actually, as it turns out, they both played. So uh, I think he's only £6 million. and actually, if, if, if you're struggling for funds up front as a, third, as a third striking option, I think he he might provide with something uh, throughout the course of the season.
1: Yeah, he's in my team. I, I got him for the first three in hope for that. He did play quite well in pre-season as well, so uh, so I am hoping for big
0: things. Okay, good stuff. Well, let's uh, let's move on to the next game, uh, the next fixture, shall we, chaps? Um, I'm not actually sure why I went to Burnley versus Watford there, because the next one should have been Everton versus Southampton. I skipped <laughs> Sunday for some reason. So let's get back into order. Uh, Everton versus Saints. That's bizarre. Um, I'm presuming the man on your lips, uh, Pete, is going to be Richarlison, given his performance at Everton over the weekend. Do you want to start by talking about them and then Saints?
2: Yeah, uh, I mean, Richarlison did a, a, a tremendous service over the weekend with 14 points. I think I think it was FPL Stag actually pointed out that he had two shots on goal and scored twice, so 100% convert is not sustainable that said he was an absolute live wire i think his, his movement from what i saw was excellent and a couple of their pre-season friendlies as well i was reading a lot of the uh the everton everton blogs and uh local papers they were all saying actually everton they look a bit turgid they look like they might you know there's a lot to integrate there however Richardson looks fantastic he, he looks like he's going to make things happen so i think of, of all their forward options at the moment he'd be the one uh, i would look at I think from a defensive perspective, it's, it's a bit difficult to tell because obviously they lost Jagielka quite early on in the, in that Wolves game and end up conceding two goals. So we're not quite sure you know, how solid they are defensively. I will, say, however, that Marco Silva does not have a great record in uh, English football with regards to defence. Uh, they they do his teams do tend to ship goals um, quite a lot and uh, away from home as well. So it remains to be seen. They've got a lot of players to integrate. I think um, Yari Mina's one that I've seen banded about quite a lot because I think he scored a couple of goals during the World Cup and can get on the end of um, Sigurdsson's balls into the box. Again, it remains to be seen. We don't we don't quite know how he's going to be how he's going to be integrated there. So I preach caution on their defence with the possible exception of Seamus Coleman, who yeah, we all know can bomb on and is looking back to full fitness and uh, a pretty good FPL option, I think, for for a few assists once in a while. Yeah, see,
1: I've, yeah, I've, got, I've got Coleman and he did get full quite a bit. And yeah, I've got, got quite a ha- yeah. lot
2: of hope in him. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's entirely valid. Um, I think on the other side... Um, what was it? Uh, Lucas Ding, or Dean? or I think it's Dean, actually. I heard somebody on the podcast mention that the other day. The correct pronunciation, I think is Dean. He will... Uh, give Leighton Baines a run for his money. Uh, he's still quite young, but yeah. I think uh, until one of them nails down a spot, I think it's, it's Coleman's the best option for either.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's just a matter of um, when Leighton Baines get injured, he'll be it'll be a nice cover for him. I mean, Dini has played um, in the top French teams. He's had a couple of seasons at Barcelona, so he's you know he's going to have ability. It's just a matter of whether he'll be able to share game time with Baines or not. Mm. Um, okay, what about the Saints then? What do you think about them, Pete?
2: I. Actually, there's a couple of other options I'm quite excited about, and I'm I'm keeping an eye on. I think they were reasonably turgid up against uh, Burnley up until the point when they made a the substitution. At which point, Danny Ings and uh, Elianusi I think is how you pronounce his name both came on, and they they to change they seem to change the game. Uh, Elianusi in 34 minutes. It's created four chances for teammates, which was the second highest of midfielders over the weekend. But again, he only played 34 minutes. So, yeah, that's an extraordinary rate uh, uh, creating. His deliveries look spot on. Uh, His movement seemed excellent. I think as soon as they went to two up front with Danny Ings and Charlie Austin up front. They looked a lot more lively. I don't know whether we're doing a disservice to Stuart Armstrong because he was playing in a slightly different formation, but as soon as that guy came on, I thought he's he's somebody to watch out for. Yeah,
1: in- Ings actually uh, created... Danny Ings is the other player. Yeah, um, he, he actually created four chances in this game, and that was uh, yeah. a chance, uh, 11.3 minutes per chance he created, just in the short yeah. period he was
2: on. I mean, more, more than that, I mean, just yeah, the eye test as well, he looked very sharp. He was, he found space his movement, I think, was very, very intelligent. He was shooting. He did, they didn't get much on target, Southampton, but they really looked like something, making something happen when them two were on the pitch. So I think, you know, given they're both you know, new into the system, I think you know, Ings only signed about 48 hours before I think in the coming weeks, they're probably both going to be options. And 5.5 for a striker and 6.5 for a midfielder, I'm definitely keeping an eye on them. I want to see what happens in, in this next game uh, against Everton and how they get on.
1: Yeah, I just see, I mean, Southampton, they didn't look great. I, didn't think, I think they're going to be in trouble this season. I mean, if you look at the expected goals against them, it was 1.4, so... That's what Alex McCarthy actually prevented in the end. He made six saves. He scoring 11 points was pretty good. But whether or not, I think they can keep that up. You know, Burnley's not the the greatest team for for shooting in the world. So obviously uh Alex kept them out and it's not really a mean feat. I mean, if you, a lot of people went Bednarak, uh, but he didn't start, so Jack Stevens started. And I do think Austin's starting spot is kind of a little bit at jeopardy because he didn't play that well. And obviously they've got Gaviadini and like you say, Ings, four chances created, three attempts on goal and it had a great effect on the game. I do think that maybe one of those two coming in and yeah, I am a little bit worried for Southampton. I do think that all of their team is a wait and see. I mean, it was like last year. They were, they had good fixtures last year and they didn't really perform for us. And I think we're just going to have to wait for one of their players to, to hit form. And I think Ings might be the guy.
2: I think I, I would, I would agree with that. I'm saying I'm, I'm kind of excited to see where they go with, with those two. I think. You can definitely split that match into two. That was before the substitutions and after. And after moving forwards, I think yeah, they're a lot more dynamic up front. So they they didn't again they need any better finishing if they're going to do anything. Defensively, you're right. They did look a little bit suspect. So it, it is still very much a wait and see scenario. But it's you know there's two budget options there moving forward who I uh, I definitely want to keep an eye on. Um, mm-hmm.
1: I mean I just I'm just going to go back to Everton just briefly I mean I spoke about Coleman uh, he actually won all of his six tackles against Wolves so uh, another, another hopeful one to have him at 5.5 um, but a lot of people got, went for Sigurdsson just as a kind of a differential over a lot of people going for Charleston and he did start in the most advanced attacking central role but he was only taken off due to the red card of Jagielka so if I had him I would probably keep him and give him another week and see how he gets on I wouldn't necessarily He just moved to Richardson because, as you said, it was two attempts, two goals, and he doesn't even speak English, so who knows? Uh, Oh, well
0: (laughs) Right, okay, so we're now adding literacy and and, uh, language into the pot as well, Iceman. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: but Took a ten. I, I, I did have
0: a I did have a question from uh,
1: from Justin Dye. He just put with Jags being out due to his brilliant tackle. Um, will this offer Mina as a long term option? Do you feel like he might only feature while Jags is out? Mina is six foot five, and with Siggy delivery, seems a great prospect. And yeah, he's, he's got a good shout there. What, what do you reckon about Bully? Uh,
0: well, if Mina plays, the the big thing for FPL owners is his goal threat. Of course, in the World Cup, he that's how he really rose to prominence it was more his goals than his defending i think yeah. um and I do, I do think if he's come from barcelona once he's in he will stay in i think i doubt they've signed him just to back up Jags, who's probably had his better days, although he's still a very good defender. Yeah, I think um, Jags and then has Holgate signed off now. So I, think, I think once Mina's in, Mina's in, so I think if you commit to him. And he, you know, it'd be really interesting to see the presence he has at corners, especially against teams like Arsenal, who can't defend them. Yeah, I
1: mean, yeah, if you, so you, you wanted to get him in early, it is going to be a risk. I think it's wait and see, see if he, he gets some game time, and then, yeah, who knows? The calls might come for
2: him. Right. I think it's uh, worth pointing out. I, I, th- I think it... I, I, I don't, I don't know for, I can't remember for certain, but I think it was Gabriel Marcotti on the Times podcast who said that uh, Mina at Barcelona when he did play was absolutely dreadful. I mean, like really awful, and he can't believe anyone paid any money for them for, for him. So just, I mean, it's worth keeping an eye on. I think I'd rather see him play a few games and see how he fits into Marco Silva's defence because I, I think Everton needs to do a lot of tightening up at the back. I think before anyone really becomes an option. Right,
0: uh, now's your chance, Yeri. prove us all wrong. Let's move on to another side that fielded a few new signings against United on the Friday and a side that obviously battled back um, well against Everton, although against 10 men. We've got Leicester versus Wolves. I'm going to start us off by shouting, I watched this Leicester game and the guy I was really impressed with, now granted they lost, but um, Pereira or Ricardo for, for Leicester, started on the right wing, ended up at right back, which I think will be his truest position. But the most promising thing for me, he is a five million defender but he will get assists. Even when he went to right back, he was bombing forward. I think Gazelle will eventually be the starting right winger for Leicester. But I like the look of him. I think he, he's got attacking threats and Leicester are a good side for the clean Sheep. So he'd be my shout from Leicester. Um, Iceman, do you want to, to talk about this fixture?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with your Pereira shout. I think that he is a, a very good shout. Five million in defence is a bit of a... A stab he's only um 1.7 uh percent selected so yeah it could be a really good differential with their f- their fixtures they've got Wolves Southampton yeah. Bournemouth in the next four so they have got some good fixtures coming up for a little bit Leicester so I have looked at uh, Damari Gray almost scored if it wasn't for De Gea he got 19 passes received in the final third seven penalty area touches five successful take-ons four successful crosses and uh, yeah three attempts on goal just 5.5 Could be another hopeful one, but again, I think we say this nearly every week regarding Grey. He can go missing quite a lot in games, so... It's just, just one to watch there. Uh, I think Chilwell might have been the, uh, one which people might be, uh, looking past. He created nice. three chances from left back. 51 touches in the attacking third as well. So, uh, he, he gets well far forward and he only scored the one point in the last game, but he could be a hopeful one going forward. But again, he's at that, that quite deep price of five mil. If only they're at the, the 4.5 mil mark. But I do think Leicester were quite unlucky against United. I thought, I thought they played quite well and they had more attempts on goal than United. And it was Madison who actually caught my yes. eye. He played well. Yeah, exactly. Two two attempts on goal, dictated to play for Leicester whenever they were going forward. I do think we need to see more from him. He is on set plays so he could be promising. He did force De Gea into a really good save as well. So uh, he is the one that I've got my eye on from Leicester. And I do think if Vardy plays this game, which I think he will with displaced in the at-show, I do think that he will probably score in this game.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, Iceman, that the shame was that he actually took off uh, Madison before he could play with Vardy. I think those two could do some real damage together. Yeah. Um, and, and Vardy, I'd still be keeping my eyes on because he only needed a sniff and he scored. Yeah. Um, didn't play a lot at the World Cup, ended the season in- Great form. I still think if you've got Vardy, keep hold of him and just keep your eye on him because they've got some great fixtures. I think if he gets 90 minutes, he's got you know, potential to do real damage in this side.
2: Yeah,
0: okay. Peter, do you want to add anything? Do you want to speak about Leicester if there's anything we haven't spoken about there?
2: No, I'd agree with the Vardy. shout. I, I was very impressed with Madison. I thought he was excellent. Um, he, he found space very well, looks technically good on the ball, can unlock doors. It's really yeah, He's he's a real prospect. I think going back to the Chilwell versus Perea debate. It's worth pointing out that Pereira did start on the right wing. And you're right. I don't think I'll be his natural position. I think he'll go back to right back eventually. But even though he played most of the game on right wing, Chilwell's average position was still further forward than his was with Mari Gray coming inside a bit. Chilwell spent a lot of time in the, fight in the attacking third. So given a choice between the two of those, I'd argue Chilwell actually might be the,
0: the better option. Yeah, Chilwell's making some great runs forward in the first half. United could barely handle him. So
2: just to say where I got all those stats regarding Gray
1: from, I couldn't find it at the time, but it was their uh, Fantasy Football Academy. They uh, they posted on that for their differential for game week two this week. No, you can okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Right, Peter, talk to us about Wolves. I think, well, yeah, Wolves are sort of... <laughs> Sort of flavour of the month, really, aren't they? I think a lot of people are. They've got some cheap options, particularly in midfield. Uh, also, a five point five striker in Jimenez, who I think a lot of people are uh, are looking at on the eye. Players like Neves look look very very good. Uh, Jota's uh, another one. I think uh, one thing I'll say about Jota is when um, Jagielka received his red card. What I don't think was pointed out was his anticipation. There was was excellent. He was he saw that Jagielka was going to make a mistake almost before he did, and he was on him like a, it was on him like a flash. And that kind of high press in that kind of anticipation, I think, is probably going to suit him uh, or serve them well uh, in the coming season. It, it was it's a bit tricky to tell exactly how we're going to do. They did score two goals against Everton, but. Everton were depleted, obviously, from the uh, from the sending off. And actually, if you look at their shot map as well, there was a lot going on from outside the box. There's a lot of pot shots happening. So I think there's definitely options uh, within Wolves, certainly for the price tags. I think a lot of people are talking about Neves. I, I want to reserve judgment on that a little bit. I mean, yes, he, he got an assist and he you know, wallops in a pretty good free kick as well. But...
1: Yeah. Is he going to like
2: that every week? Yeah, precisely. He's not going to do that every week. I think Jimenez is the one that's really caught my eye because they were putting a lot of balls into the box and he seemed to be winning them as well. I think he got something like three shots on target this weekend as well. So at 5.5 as a as a forward option, I think he could be really good value. Uh, the other thing about Nevers as well last season, I think he picked up a lot of cards... Um Jota, I think a lot of Wolves fans said he looks a bit nervous on his, his opening game, but he didn't seem to do anything wrong. Uh didn't do anything too wrong, as far as I could see. So I think it's still an element of wait and see. They, they had a home game. Uh, they were, had a man advantage. Yeah, Molyneux was absolutely buzzing for that game. Let's see what happens now. We're going away from home. We're going to a very competent Leicester side. You know, we need to see how this team are going to fit into the Premier League and how we're going to take to it. So I'm still preaching a bit of caution with regards to them. However, if you've got their options, definitely don't sell them. Keep hold of them. And if you're looking at freeing up funds from you know, downgrading one of your 7.5 or 6.5 midfielders... There's definitely options out there as well. I think. Yeah,
1: well, I, I agree with. If you've got them, just keep hold of them. With the Yota, uh, a lot of people are looking to move it down to to Neves, but I think people need to to look out. I mean, like he got expected goals of zero point one eight in the last game, and I just think you need to give Yotta a chance. Uh, I did look at, because they've got this wing-back system, which I was looking into, they've obviously made a few signs. They are looking pretty good, like a a top 10 type team, which the bookies are predicting them. But I looked at Matt uh, Doherty, 26 passes received in the final third by him. So it's proof that that kind of wing-back system could be fruitful. And no defender received the ball as many times in that area of the pitch than Doherty in game week one. Uh, so, he is a potential. Um, you've got Bennett at four million. He looks like a, another starter. So, if they start to keep clean sheets, then, yeah, he could be a good option. But, yeah, Neves is, is the bandwagon's gone on him. And obviously, he's gone up by 0.1. But, he's only 21. He did look good and he did get the most touches of the ball, but. I just think you need to give him time before you just jump on that one too quickly. And I do back you up on that. Jimenez, uh, uh, shout at top. I think uh, he looked uh, he looked pretty good. And he, he's he's the new sign for them, isn't he? So I think he's got a bed in a little bit as well. Interesting,
0: yeah. So um, I support what you're saying there, chaps. No one's rad from Wolves. Should we move on to Spurs versus the other promoted side, Fulham? Um, Peter, do you want to kick us off on this interesting combination here? We've got Spurs who signed no one, Fulham who signed everyone. How do you see this one going?
2: <laughs> I can see this being a case of Tottenham having a lot of the ball and pegging Fulham back and I think it'll be a very different game for Fulham than they experienced against Palace where they, they saw a lot of the ball, there was a lot of neat passing going on, they lacked a bit of penetration now I think it's going to be a, a very very different game for, for Fulham when they go uh, to Wembley I think one thing I noted about Fulham, I, I mean I've got Tom Kearney in my side as a, and he's one player I'm actually a little bit concerned about uh, in, in my team at the moment because it was quite apparent from match of a day and stats back it up is that what they seem to be doing is Kearney and seri or sorry or seri okay. or Siri, i'm not sure um they will um awful lot of touches you know a lot of neat passing and then they'll get out of wide and they'll lob crosses into the box basically and they had 32 attempts at crosses for the weekend they're just trying to hit mitch, or mitch on the head basically that's that, that's what they're doing so i think that seems to be their strategy. So if you've got one of their wide players, I think you might be might be in luck. I think there's a few people with Kearney and a few people thinking they you know, he, he's a he's a man who's going to unlock the doors for them. He, he's going to be one who you know, threading passes through. Potentially that's that's an option, but I'm a little bit worried about his potential for assists. I think he's only, he, he's going to be one of those players who picks up two points every week. Um I think yeah, Mitrovic though d- does look a prospect uh, in the, in the sense that again he's the target man. An awful lot of crosses going on to his head. However, he does. Has been, he has shown himself in the Premier League to be lacking before? He's not. You know he, he hasn't got a lot of goals in him. Uh, he did a right at championship level, but it remains to be seen whether he can uh, outmuscle those, those Premier League defenders or not. Um, Andre Schürrle, I suppose, is the upper option there as well. Probably should have had a penalty. Good intelligent movement, found space. We've we've seen what he can do before. He doesn't score as many goals, I think, as. Maybe people predicted he would in his career, but I think he's a great signing for them, and they've definitely got potential. But again, yeah, last last season they played on the front foot an awful lot. They played on the front foot, against uh, Palace as well. I don't think they're going to have a, that option in this game, and they're in, they're integrating an awful lot of new signings into their team as well. So. It's it, there's still a little bit of waiting to see, I think, about Fulham. Um, and that's a bit of a cop-out answer. But this is this is something very different for them against Tottenham.
1: Did, we did have a question from uh, Tommy at Tommy underscore Gonzo. He just put Kearney, uh, stick or twist? So you're thinking about twisting, but you're probably going to give it another week. Is that right?
2: I think I'm probably going to give it... I, I will give it another week at least because I, I want to have two free transfers going into game week three. If anybody's at risk in my team at the moment, that was Kearney. But I think if you do want to move to Neves or if there's another five million option you really want, then I mean, do it Yeah, by all means. But I'm probably not going to pull the trigger on him just yet. And I'm also not going to judge him for what he does against Tottenham either. I think we need to see what happens after that. Iceman,
0: awesome. do you want to give your thoughts on Fulham? Uh, Yeah,
1: so uh, I mean, obviously they've got the seven new signings, which started in game week one, so you can't really expect them to gel that well. And I think they're probably going to suffer against Spurs here. Cessignon, he started further forward, and you had him in. We we spoke about that before the game, didn't we? Where I was like, well, you may have got it right because he was starting in a very advanced role, but then he did move back to left back when Byron went off with the ankle injury. But he did almost score towards the end with a header, so still, still a hopeful one. Yeah, um, like Peter said, Mitrovic, he had his chances, very strong player, got seven attempts against Paris, so yeah, I do think that he could be the hopeful one, I don't think for this game particularly, but I don't know, Um move, moving on to Spurs, Newcastle, they came close a few times to equalising against them, their back line wasn't really having a, a great day, and maybe Fulham have, have got power to actually score a couple of goals against Tottenham, but what's your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I think what, you know, in terms of Mitrovic, I did actually think he had a few kind of um, chances on the half turn. He's very close. I think he does have potential. Spurs, yeah, they've conceded, against, they've conceded against Newcastle. They could have let in another one. This is a more sophisticated attack. Fulham are going to, you know, as the weeks go by, they'll gel a bit more. I do think they've got, I wouldn't be as confident about Spurs clean sheet in this one as I would have been in the past. I think that's a good shout. Yeah,
2: Yeah, I think for me, I mean, the big the big winner from the Tottenham uh, Newcastle game for me was Kieran Trippier because I think Aurea was, was dreadful in defence um, so I think if you've got Trippier I imagine he'll, he'll come in and he'll probably be first choice there as well um, and I think with Davis on the other side as well is arguably the favourite over Rose as well so it's, yeah, that defence is starting to take shape Sanchez I think was the target from all corners as well when he won quite a lot of those headers as well so yeah, you got free attempts he is on goals, isn't he? yeah I, I think and you know he you know, he assisted uh, Vertonghen as well I think Think there's goals in in Sanchez this season, so I think there's definitely quarter optimism with Spurs defence. I know there's 6 million uh, pretty much across the board, and people are worried about a rotation, but I think they will keep clean sheets. I'm I'm less worried about them conceding to Fulham uh, than maybe you guys are. If I'm honest, I think that one's uh, I think they'll keep I think will keep a clean sheet in that game. The I think generally speaking, going forward, they looked a bit heavy legged. I think that, that there's that it's going to take time for them to get back into the rhythm of what they're doing. I think particularly Harry Kane has been noted as yeah, being I a bit tired. Bit, yeah, Deli Ali looked pretty good. He looked quite sharp. The the main man for me though was Christian Eriksen. I thought he looked he looked really good. His average position was the furthest forward of any of the Spurs players, uh, and he created five chances, which was the highest amongst midfielders as well. So, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm trying to look on the bright side of this because I I picked Eriksen over Mane, and obviously that's left me about what thirteen fourteen points in the hole. But I think on it on any other day, Eriksen could quite easily had a couple of us. Assists. And in fact, he assisted the assister on for both of Tottenham's goals as well. So, I think he's still a phenomenally good player, and he's if you've got him, definitely he's definitely worth keeping. on I think he'll,
1: he'll get a lot of points this season again. Yeah, on corners as he does as well. every season. On corners as well. So Sanchez may benefit from that. Yeah, definitely. Ben Davis, a lot of people had him. He created two chances and got forward as well. And I think Rose might be on his way out. He didn't actually, he wasn't actually in the uh, the team at all for this game. A lot of people got Lucas Moura. Only got the one shot and goal. But Son's departure for the Asian game means that he will probably start and likely to be kind of unchallenged because Lamella, I think, is still injured. Kane's not sharp at all. Still can't score in August. It would be, uh, I reckon, Ericsson and Ali are the ones. To look at here, I suppose we're going to have that debate at some point whether which one to go for again, like we do every year.
0: Once again, yeah, same debate every year. I do think at the moment Payne is looking a little bit leggy, though. Should we, um, chat, we move on to West Ham Bournemouth? Okay, so West Ham making all the same this summer, um, and just absolutely capitulated against Liverpool against the Bournemouth side. Nice victory for Eddie Howe there. I think it's the first, on, first time we've won on the opening day of the season in the Premier League. So great start. Um, Iceman, do you want to kick us off on this one? What what do you think about West Ham, Bournemouth?
1: Yeah, see, West Ham, I mean, they they played a high line against Liverpool and it got absolutely (laughs) ruined.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: Anatovic, I think he walked off slightly injured. So I think we've got a wait news on him. If you've got him, you'd just be hoping against this Bournemouth team. A lot of people have slated this Bournemouth team have being just terrible. I don't think they're that terrible. Um, And I do think they gave Cardiff a good game. Wilson was the one which uh, kind of went under the radar. Got six shots, three on target. Had three big chances with 12 penalty box touches. And King only got the one shot with 10 penalty box touches. So it was uh King's position was slightly behind Wilson and uh, Wilson won the penalty, so he took it. But he missed, so hopefully that will put King back on them. We're hoping because I know a lot of people have gone King. Uh, but I think Frazier might be the one to to have from this. I, yeah, I saw him good. on on Match of the Day. Yeah, he looked decent. And I saw him on Match of the Day. He was saying that he wanted about 10 to 12 goals. Cause yeah, five, promising. Yeah, that? five goals wasn't enough last season. And for 5.5 midfield option, I think that he could be a good run to go for. But... Yeah, West Ham, you've you've kind of got to wait for them, I think. Uh, They had a deadline day signing of Carlos Sanchez, so I think that he might replace Rice in central midfield, so if you went for Rice as kind of a cheap option, thinking he was playing out of position, I'd be worried about that one. Um,
0: Did you see Carlos Sanchez play for Aston Villa? (laughs) Christ, if he's he's going in their midfield, I'm not picking any of their defenders, that might be a bit harsh, but... You know, I'd probably rather develop Rice than I would play him, but that's just my my opinion, I suppose. Yeah. Okay, Peter, what, what do you think about West Ham?
2: I think it's difficult to judge against uh, Liverpool. You're right, they did play Highline line, they got absolutely torn to pieces there, but they're another, pl- they're another team who are trying to integrate a lot of new players into their system I'm not sure their spending's been the wisest in places and I know I've heard a few pundits say what, what on earth are you doing buying Yarl Malenko for that much money and giving him that many wages Anderson's another one who is very exciting on the YouTube clips but actually his finishing is very poor he doesn't really have an end product um, to speak of that said I think Wilsh is a good piece of business if they can keep him fit I think he's yeah, he'll be, he'll be good creatively I think he'll be on set pieces as well I mean, for me, I mean, I've got an it up front. Uh, I picked him over Zahar and over King, and you know, he would have main three options, I suppose, in that price range. I think he'll get goals. I think he still he had a couple of chances against Liverpool, basically out of nothing, basically trying to do it by himself. I think he's a, I think he's a good option. I think Bournemouth are weak defensively, and they've always been weak defensively. And I think he'll get chances this weekend. So I, I I've got an Outvitch, and I'm happy. I've got him uh, going into this game. I think. I think with regards to Bournemouth, I agree with everything that's been said. I think they defensively, they're weak, but going forward, they, were, they attacked with a lot of pace and they attacked very vertically. I think Wilson was playing higher than King, which might have a bearing, but I'm not going to write Josh King off just yet. I think he's, he's got goals in him as well.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think just that, Whichever Bournemouth strike you've got, you, you could probably hold them for at least another week or two and that might serve you well. Let's move on to the next fixture. So we've got a, a, a London derby here. Pretty big game. The uh, the two underachievers from last season with their new managers and new squads. We've got Chelsea versus the Arsenal. So avoiding our bias, Peter Blake, can you kick us off on this? Talk <laughs> me through Chelsea Arsenal. Who are you looking forward to? Who are you doubting?
2: I'm doubting both teams at the moment. <laughs> to be honest, uh, I think yeah more than more than most teams, these guys are trying to integrate uh, new systems and new players in there. I think Chelsea. I think there's, there's definitely options for Arsenal going forward. I think someone like Aubameyang is definitely going to be a threat. While whilst that Chelsea defence is moving from a five at the back to a three at the back, uh, sorry to a, a four at the back, um, arguably they they weren't tested particularly against uh, against Huddersfield. But I think yeah, coming up against Arsenal, the intelligence and movement from someone like Aubameyang, uh, the vision of someone like Ozil, they are going to need to be on their game uh, in order to keep them out. And I'm not. sure they they will. I think the same is probably true going the other way as well. I think Arsenal were doing that whole playing out from the back thing and they got exposed against City doing that. I think if Chelsea put on a high press, which we know Sarri wants to do, there's there's options there for them as well to uh, potentially break Arsenal down and force them into mistakes. So all in all, I, th- I think there'll be goals. Where they're gonna come from, I'm not hundred percent sure at this point, beyond looking at the main people. I think Hazard will be back in and can absolutely terrify Arsenal with his pace. I think a Bamiang will terrify Chelsea with his pace as well. One player was it was interesting to see him actually and I'm focusing him, I think focusing in on him because he's in my team, but uh, was Ramsey. His starting position was basically his support striker, he was almost up next to a Bamiang when he was playing. Plus, he only touched the ball 19 times. His role seemed to be, you know, dog chasing after a stick of just, you know, hairing around trying to put them under pressure. The second Arsenal needed any kind of creativity, though, when they had to chase the game, they took him off and bought on Lacazette. So it's it's an interesting one to see where that one goes, I think, because they won't play Man City every week, but Ramsey might still be asked to do that Harry and Job again up front. If he does that, I believe that's not his strength. His strength is a box-to-box midfielder, and at 7.5, I may have wasted my money there. So I'm not really sure. But I'll be interested to hear your thoughts on
1: that. I, th- I think Ramsey was kind of carrying an injury. I think it was quite clear he was carrying something. That's why he came off. For Arsenal, they've got good fixtures after this one. So I don't think you should be looking at any Arsenal players at all for this particular game. Obviously, if you've got them, like Bamiyang, he didn't have a single shot in the last game. Although there is rumours of Aubameyang urging Emery to play alongside Lacazette this yes. season, so if you do have Lacazette, I would play him. I do think he's going to play because when he came on, he he improved our team. Yeah, he looked great. So I can I can see him him starting. Also, Ramsey was playing really far forward, like you said. But I think with Lacazette coming in, I think that moves Ozil into the middle and uh, Mkhitaryan out onto the right. So that might push Ramsey back. So I'd probably keep a monitor on this. Uh, we did have a question from Ian FPL Strategic uh, at Fantasia FantasiaPL. Uh, he's just put, what will the starting keeper at Arsenal be? Uh, Leno is in my team and I'm worried and I think you probably should be worried because I know that Emery has backed Czech in the press conference uh, suggesting that he will continue ahead of Leno so yeah I would be a little bit worried about that Ian Um we did have a couple of other questions regarding Chelsea as well. I just want to give credit to the legend Mito21. It's just, he put last week, I think Kante will score enough to be a fourth midfielder on FPL teams. And, uh, we had, uh, Great. just, Justin Die. On Slack asks, with Kante looking like you will be playing a more advanced role, do you consider him to be a potential FPL asset? Great price and in a top 16. And also uh, Matthew William Eagles from Facebook has put, with Kante playing a more attacking role, is he a must-get? Currently have Hughes as my 5.5 mid. What are your guys' thoughts on, on Kante? I th-
0: yeah, absolutely. I'm watching him at the weekend, and a match of the day, just some perfect analysis on him, just showing kind of the shape of the team. But as soon as Kante springs forward, Jorginho just sits. So clearly, he's got a license to be a box-the-box player, Kante. Um, he's thought of as a defensive midfielder, but actually, he's got the ability to go end-to-end. So as a fifth midfielder, the other thing is Chelsea don't have the Champions League. With his fitness, he is going to play every week. So I think you could just stick him in the team as a five million and just have him either starting against weaker sides or just handy to come off the bench to cover injuries. I think he's a great fifth midfield show.
1: Okay, um, Peter, your thoughts?
2: I'm sort of reserving judgment on it a little bit. It's it's definitely interesting that he's getting forward a lot more. Uh, I, I agree with Bully. I saw that match of a day analysis and I thought it, it, it was very interesting. Arguably, he's going to be a box-to-box player. He's still gonna, his strengths, though, are still... You know, parrying, chasing, winning the ball back, moving it on again. His goal, he, it, it was very scuffed. He's, he's not a natural finisher, I don't think. It's not really his strength. Yeah, I agree so, as soon as they get Hazard back in the side, um, they've, they've got Willian in there as well. There's other players who can do that. So, he might be playing a bit further forward. I'm not going to bank on him suddenly becoming a uh, a a naturally goal scorer, a natural goal-scoring midfielder, though. But at 5 million, you can't really argue with his price, I don't think. So, if, if you've got him, keep him. But, I'm not, I'm not rushing to get him in at this point, I don't think.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, he did get uh, 20 passes in the final third from Kante, so he is in this advanced role, but expected goals of 0.08 and he scored with his only shot, so is that sustainable? I'm, I'm not really sure. Like you say, don't think he's that good a finisher. So I could probably see more assists coming from him, but Yeah, more more of a wait and see with me. I think a lot of people completely disregarded Alonso, but he actually did pretty well this week. Obviously, he got the the penalty, which he won, so he got the assist. But he did have 15 other defenders who registered more touches in the box than him in game week one. He also got the highest amount of attempts on goal for Chelsea this game week. So he's still getting forward. I think this season is the season of the left backs so if you look at PVA, the Alonso, um, Mendy and, uh, Robertson, they're all really good options now. And they all seem to be the ones Davis who, and Davis, true. Yeah. Uh, all seem to be the ones to go for. So, uh, I, I still don't think everyone should discount Alonso. Chelsea got some good fixtures after this Arsenal game. So I feel like he could still be a good option.
0: That's a nice shout, Iceman. Yeah. I think we can move on from Chelsea, Arsenal, lads. Some good data there, good questions. Thank you everyone for contributing because the next picture is pretty exciting. City versus Huddersfield. Now, unfortunately, I think Wagner's side are going to be absolute cannon fodder in this one, but... Iceman, do you want to talk a bit about the mighty City versus Huddersfield? Yeah, well, see, a lot of people are saying
1: that um, Huddersfield can be a counter for City. But last season, they held City to a two only a 2-1 win at home. And then they went to the Etihad and they drew 0-0. So it shows that they can park the bus. And I didn't think they completely disgraced themselves against Chelsea. They Obviously, I do think they're, they're probably going to get beat I'd, there's a high probability of them getting beaten, but I don't think it's going to be by a massive margin. Um, I think in Huddersfield, not regarding this game at all, but maybe going forward and maybe for one for the wild card, we may have the first four million keeper in Haymarth because he started at the weekend. He's only four million, but yeah, city there. If they do turn it on, then yes, it, it could happen. And I've got Mendy in straight away because I feel like they're going to get a clean sheet no matter what and I'm just hoping on attacking returns as well. They've got six games against the six most recently promoted teams and uh, they're not in the Champions League until after game week five. So no need to rotate yet either. So yeah, I'm kind of... I am hoping for, for big points from this City game. Okay, Peter?
2: Yeah, I, I think I... I... I agree with everything. I, I will preach that caution of Huddersfield are going to put 11 men behind the ball at all times and they're not going to get out of their half. So City are going to have to break them down. Uh, I think you know, KDB will probably start this game and he is definitely somebody I, I would love to have in my team. Uh, I think he's got potential for points here. I think he's he's, he's the one who can unlock, unlock that defence better than most, although they've got you know good attacking options all over the park, really. Um, one really interesting stat, that I found about the Man City game uh, the weekend against Arsenal was that they created seven chances coming from the left hand side. So, e.g., you know Mendy basically mm. coming from the right, they created none. So, I know a lot of people have got Mares in their team. You know Kyle Walker's being potentially talked up as you know having a bit more freedom this year to to move forward and yeah you know, be more attacking. But they they created everything over the weekend from the left hand side. So Mendy is definitely an option, although he has been in you know called out by Pep for being a bit of a, a bit of a lunatic, basically his positional play was um, yeah up front. And I think Pep said, you know, that's not great, but in a sort of joking kind of joking kind of way. So against a team like Huddersfield, where he probably isn't going to have that many defensive responsibilities, I think he'll be fine. Whether he then goes and starts against Liverpool, I'm not really sure, but um, Mendy is, is certainly an option given how much of a, a loose cannon he seems to be and only 6 million for a defender. Yeah. City aren't yeah. going to concede in this game. I'd be very, very surprised if they concede in this game. So it's definitely clean sheet, sir. I
0: guess to add to your point, I think it's very interesting to see what happens when Liverpool play against City uh, so, Yeah, with um, Mendy at left back because Sala, in theory, will be the one pushing him back. It'll be interesting to see him tested defensively in that one.
1: Yeah, maybe yeah. they'll play Delph in that one instead.
0: Yeah, that's a good shout. Yeah, for a bit yeah. more discipline. You never know. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah so I think that's got.
1: I think the, uh, the question is here is kind of Aguero, whether he's going to be the captain option, which everyone reckons. I mean, that like he's, I think he's second in the polls. Uh, or, no, I actually think he's top in the polls at the moment, but I, I did actually see Mendy in the captain poll. I think he was in the top three at the time when I looked. Um, but Aguero wow. is, isn't great against the buses and, you're always kind of hoping Willie play, and I think we're like we we need to wait for the, the press conferences. But there will always be a chance of rotation with with City, and I don't think Pep. I don't know if Pep can drop him though. I mean, like he didn't do terrible against Arsenal. I know he missed the one on one, but you have to give him a couple of games to to get going. I'm sure. I'm sure he's going to play again. I say I'm sure. I'm not sure at all. Yeah, I think,
2: I think, I think. I think Aguero is going to play in this game, but you're right up, up against. Yeah, a bus team. It'll, it'll be it'll be man marked an inch of his life. Um, I think goals are probably going to come from elsewhere. I th- I'm not saying he won't get a goal, but I think you know, Liverpool playing away from home against Crystal Palace will be a lot more space for Salah or somebody or Mane to operate in. So I'm I'm probably going to go with one uh, one of those guys.
1: Yeah, I, I did see that Sterling went uh, came back and was straight involved in everything going forward for City. Three shots and goal eleven touches in the penalty box, which was the highest from midfielders. So he is. Actually, warranting his 11 mil price tag. Yeah, he,
2: he looks excellent, that's he, he, he all. He's a very good player. Yeah. A lot of people yeah, went. Sterling
1: Bernardo, oh, sorry, Pete, go on.
2: Uh, you, I was
0: going to say, yeah, Sterling, fantastic finish for his goal. Uh, what about Bernardo Silver Ice, man? We can make a point about him.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, he got one shot, one goal. It created no chances. He went missing for a lot of the game. Obviously, we knew who was going to play, so well done if you got him in. Mean, you did get those points, but. I'm just not sure if the uh, the points are going to be sustainable with him. And for seven point five, I'll probably be looking elsewhere. But he he may continue to play, may continue to get these uh, these dribble of points. So
2: I was on uh, Football Three Six Five earlier, and they've got their sort of ten knee jerk reactions to the first weekend of the season. and One of those was they're predicting that no Man City player is going to score more than twenty goals this season. And I've got to say, I agree with that. I think yeah, those goal the the rotation will be such. And the way they play as such, those goals can be spread around quite a lot. So I th- think, certainly for this game, if you're looking at bringing in a City asset for a short-term option, I'd definitely go defence. I mean, Mendy's the prime option there because they're going to keep clean sheets. They look you know, very, very impressive defensively against Arsenal. Going forward, though, you don't know where those goals are going to come from and you don't even know who's going to be playing. And it's, yeah, you know, there will be goals, but... Having a set and forget option for City is quite difficult, and if you want to, it's quite difficult to sort of walk between the raindrops with the rotation and just yeah you know, make sure you pick the right one every time, and even any wasted transfers doing that. So it's 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 going to be incredibly tricky for us this year, yeah. uh, as it was last year, I suppose, maybe even more so than it was last year. Based based okay, on that, we well, we, uh,
1: we we've got a couple of questions which uh, we just need to quickly answer. So um, okay. we've got one here for Salam Mohammed. This is, but which uh, City mid are the best options to go for? Obviously, with their ex- excellent fixtures coming up. And Alex from Slack is more or less asking the same thing. City looks amaze balls even against a strong Gooners team. So, which free players would you choose? Just off the bat, Peter, which free players at the moment would you t- choose?
2: Are we, are we talking just going forwards or are we talking defenders as just well? Just which City players, I suppose, is uh, whichever. Um, number one, Mendy. Number two, KDB. Number three, Edison. And Bully?
0: Um, yeah, I'd say Mendy. Yeah, KDB, Edison would be the same for me at the moment. Guarantees to play.
1: Yeah, I think I would go for uh, Mendy. And I'm, I'm still going to stick with Aguero. I still think he's going to play. And, uh, yeah, I'll probably go Edison as well, just to be safe. Uh, we, we also had one other from FPL Sexy's just saying, with Man City midfield rotation, is it best to go defense like you were just saying, Peter? Uh, uh say Benjamin Mendy and his brother Otter Mendy or Bendy and Edison. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I, I, I think we've, we've kind of answered that one, but I thought that was a pretty good question as so. well. OK,
0: well, um, yeah, more more useful questions there, I think. Let's move it on to Brighton versus United as we are, I think, starting to go a little bit over time for recording. Sorry, Iceman. Yeah, Brighton versus United then. So United kicking off with a win. Not completely convincing. I do think they're going to get a result here against United though. Peter, what are your thoughts?
2: I, th- I thought I thought Man United against Leicester were no pedestrian uh, at best, I think. it's yeah. It's really, really odd to see... A Man United team with players like Pogba, players like Sanchez, basically just sitting back and allowing Leicester to come onto them. I mean, no disrespect to Leicester, but, yeah, but they proved themselves to be a very good team. But it was the opening day of the season at Old Trafford, and they they set up like they were playing away against the top six side, and it's incredibly strange. It's incredibly strange to see, and I think their options from an FPL perspective, I think are, are quite limited. I think there's there's obviously defend, there's obviously. Defend- options, you know, De Gea will, will always keep you uh, we will, will always give you points from saves or from clean sheets. The defence I can see I mean I've got Eric I in my side. I can see him being probably the main starter of the season at the back of that um in the back line. Yeah, I, I think Luke Shaw yeah Luke Shaw obviously had um yeah he scored a goal but whether he'll be in there when you know, Ashley Young's back and fit and firing. I'm not really sure. Move, you know, when you move up through the team, yeah, I mean, so players like Sanchez, players like the players like Pogba, they are going to score goals this season. But I'm sure there's better value options elsewhere. I, I'm not convinced by United at, all at the moment. Not to mention, there's a real sort of feeling of disharmony around the place at the moment as well. I mean, you, Pogba had some interesting post-match comments, and everyone knows what's gone on with Mourinho in the summer, and you know, complaining about transfer policies and that. Doesn't seem like a happy home at the moment for them. So, I'm probably going to avoid them. That said, Brighton were absolutely dreadful at the weekend. So, if they're going to give anybody a kick in, it'll be them. So
1: I agree with yeah, everything you just said. said. Thank you. <laughs> the, I mean, like the Luke Shaw bandwagon <laughs> set-off, uh, I thought he was lucky to get the goal. Valencia and Young might come back. So, uh, it's first time Shaw's scored in his senior career. I think Damian actually struggled in the last game and I think he could be replaced by Ashley Young. So, that might be good for... Luke Shaw but I think like you say uh, Baye is the pick here for me very solid defender Brighton had no shots on target against Watford so I can't see him scoring in this game to be honest Uh, United are a poor team I just think they managed to grind out the results somehow Uh, A lot of people looking at Sanchez and getting rid of him. He lost the ball so much. It was so bad. It was awful to watch, but he did create four chances. Well, he he does get four for them. Um, They have got Lukaku coming back and kind of, according to his career stats, Sanchez is bad news unless he's playing as a centre forward. And when, when he plays for United on the wing, he just, he's not as good. Also, United have got the lowest commutative XG of the top six for last season. So. It does show that uh, there's not much hope here, like you say. Uh, but yeah, I think Bay is probably the the best one, five point five at the back. I think he's he, a lot of clean sheets in for him. Yeah, nice.
0: So what a, Anyone from Brighton, nice man. Or would you would you leave it there? Uh,
1: Steve Stevens looked the most likely to get sent off in the last game. A lot of gone for him was the four point five option. I've gone for Romeo, so he was a better option for me. So if you're w- wanting to downgrade to a four point five, I wouldn't go Stephen.
2: There's a player who came off the bench. Where new signs uh, Bissoma, Bissoma or Bisuma, um, he was being his praises were being sung by the uh, the local journalists and the, and the Brighton bloggers as being the man who changed the game, looked very dynamic and he, he picked up immediately from the match of a day coverage as well. He was uh, he, he was driving forward. He got a couple of shots off. Um, he scored an excellent uh, free kick pre-season. I saw as well. It was um, yeah, re- re- really really powerful hits. He did, however, come on to replace Pascal Gross. So whether we think he's going to start in that same position again is it's highly unlikely. I think Gross is probably a guaranteed starter for that team. So how he fits in, I'm not sure yet. But he, you know, he's come from the French League. He, he definitely added something to that side, though. So I'm, keep, I'm keeping an eye on him because uh, he's quite cheap as well. I think he's only five or five
0: and a half. So. Nice. OK, well, I think, Chats, we'll move on to um, the final game, which is Crystal Palace versus Liverpool. So, Peter's the last fixture, we'll let you um, speak about this one.
2: Uh, captain salah <laughs> so that's, that's that's the hot take right there,
0: which is pretty, pretty sure nobody's come cover. up with uh, <laughs> Bottom line. yeah
2: no, 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 nobody's come up with that one before i'm sure but uh <laughs> yeah liverpool uh i'm not sure we i'm not sure we really learned anything new from their no, performance no. against west ham they were they were dominant i think um yeah, Navigator looks like a an excellent addition probably not from an fpl perspective just yet why Seven and a half, you can't really complain. I think he'll probably crop up with the occasional assist and the goal, but realistically, you know, you're probably going to have triple Liverpool elsewhere on your side anyway by that point. So they've you know, picked up where they left off last season. They're probably going to be more solidly defensively this year. Now we've got Van Dyke having a full pre season behind him, they've got Alisson in goal. They've got better strength in depth. However, those front three are unlikely to be rotated, I think, too much. So, yeah, Mane, Sala, Firmino, all options. Van Dijk's definitely an option. Robertson, I think, is definitely an option. Uh, there's still a question mark over whether Robertson gets rotated with Moreno much, but I think he's still going to score enough points in the weeks where he doesn't, where it probably mitigates that, that risk quite well. Alexander-Arnold looks like to have nailed down the fir- as a first choice, although Klein's now back, so I think there's a bit more of a question mark over him. But, yeah. Generally speaking, I don't think you can complain about Liverpool at this
0: point. Uh, Ice Man thoughts on Liverpool? Uh, I'm just going
1: to reel off the two questions we've got on here. So FPL Addict has just put, is switching VVD to Robertson considered a bad transfer? I think I'm going to suffer with Robertson assists every game. So is that a bad transfer, do you reckon, just switching? I think that probably is. I wouldn't waste
2: a transfer
0: on it. Yeah, no, definitely
2: not. I, th- I think on it's t- Tuesday night now, right? So we're only about four days passed from Friday night when everyone locked down their teams now whatever decision whatever motivated you to pick Van Dijk over Robertson to begin with that hasn't changed based on the fact that Robertson's got one assist so Van Dijk is still a good option he's a BPS magnet he will score goals this season he's a threat from set pieces yes Robertson will, Robertson will get the assists but again there's potentially he doesn't play every game I think Van Dyke stays fit he plays 38 games this season so yeah. I, I, I wouldn't make that transfer at this point no Oh, I'm okay. dying for the loo. <laughs> just
0: do Palace, just do <laughs> Palace, then we can see this off. We've got to do
1: Palace. Okay, I'm just going to reel off what I've got to say on Palace. So, uh, Schlopp, his first Palace goal ever. I ju- don't think that his position is secure. PVA was awesome. He scored an offside goal and he looked really at it. Thinking of starting him in this game, uh, but I doubt that he's going to get a clean sheet against this awesome attack of Liverpool. But Palace did look a little bit sloppy against Fulham, so I can see couple of goals coming from uh, from Liverpool here. I do think the Benteke-Zaha partnership uh, up front will work with the big guy and nippy forward type type play. Um, and uh, Wan-Bissaka is the uh, the best
0: 4.5 uh, option to go for. Nice. Uh, Pete, do you want to add to that?
2: No, that's pretty much exactly the notes I've got. Yeah. I think Zaha is definitely an option. Wan-Bissaka, yeah, he's, yeah 4.0 if you don't have him already get him yeah. uh he's, he, he's he's very cheap I think is probably the only other name I'd chuck into the hat as well because he's uh I'm sure a lot of people have seen his bonus points um stats from last year we played half the games but it was fourth I think for defenders uh bonus points but again not not against Liverpool I don't think they're going to keep a clean sheet in this game I think there'll be space for that Liverpool attack and I think yeah Palace Pal- 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 you know, look at Palace after this week I think yeah nothing to add to that
0: chaps that takes us to the end of our game week discussion god. which means it's time for the Iceman's Piss don't forget to wipe the bloody seat this time <laughs> oh god back from his way he's fully refreshed it's time to sum up so Cardiff versus Newcastle the name of the was Kennedy and Zabori but we weren't really that excited by this fixture Burnley versus Watford Perea appeared to be the man in form to start the season Them keep your eye on the transfer market though and uh, the first of the Iceman's two grey shouts was um, Andre from this fixture uh, Everton versus Saints Richardson, Coleman look the good options for the Everton side the Saints, Agnossi and Ings, potentials. Uh, in terms of Leicester versus Wolves, we've got Ricardo Perea. Chilwell actually looks to be more advanced. Gray again and Vardy. And Neves and Jimenez are the ones for Wolves. Fulham, uh, we were looking at Mitrovic potential. But then for Spurs, Sanchez-Eriksen and Lucas Morris to get more minutes. Uh, Bournemouth, we talked about their striking options as well as Fraser. Uh, for the West Ham, thinking at Arnautovic. Chelsea versus Arsenal. Well, Hazard's in form. Aubameyang, we fancy to score a few. Ramsey got game time and also Alonso looking good at left back for Chelsea and Spider moving from a 3-4-3. City versus Huddersfield, we talked about KD being Um, Sterling. great finish at the weekend, but Mendy will be the name on everyone's lips at the moment. Brighton versus United, no one really stood out from either in this this one actually, surprisingly although United won. So yeah, don't react to that. Uh, And then in terms of Liverpool versus Palace, we talked about Salah, I say this every time, Salah, Mane, Robertson looks a really good shout as well as the keeper. Um, for Palace it's all about the cheap defenders PVA um, Schlupp and one Bissaka nice sum up Paul. lovely captain options chaps I'm going to come straight in torn between Aguero and Salah but I think I'm going to go Salah because Pep will probably troll me by starting Jesus if I don't any transfers yes I think I'm actually going to on this discussion I'm going to dump Sanchez and bring in KDB Oof. luxury What about
1: you Iceman? Um, I have already done the move of uh, VVD to Mendy and that is because I cannot watch a Man City game with Mendy playing in uh, knowing what he can do the amount of points that he can score so I just had to bring him in I've not been stubborn I've seen that I've made a mistake at the start of the season in worming him out my team he was in every single draft so I've made that move uh, on Monday to beat the price rise and my captain is currently on Salah Nice.
0: about you, Peter?
2: Uh, Captain C, Salah, uh, for the reasons I mentioned earlier. I'm hoping to roll my transfer this week. I'd like to have two next week because I've got Kamara sitting on my bench at 4.5 and I'd like to move up to a 5.5 option, but I'm not going to take a minus four for it. So I'm probably going to roll it this week. I also want to give everybody another game to see just how things settle down.
1: I would be an advocate for that. Uh, Saving a transfer is probably the best option. I would normally do it, but um, I think uh, I just
0: wanted Mendy too much. <laughs> okay, last well, one. Should we go to Twitter questions? Yeah, we can
1: go to Twitter questions. So we've got one here from um, Fancy Football Tips at um, Tips Day Saying, "Question for Pete tonight: When you went for a beer with the Ice Man, did he have a baby's bladder on that occasion as well? And did he leave you listening to the elevator music when when he went to pee?" So, <laughs> favorite Twitter what? questions
0: ever.
2: I, I, yeah, it's <laughs> a very good question. I don't. I don't think you actually left to go for a, a pee, did you? I mean, uh, it may be because we we had quite a curtailed drink because you were two hours late or whatever it was. But um, was I, it? I, I don't think you did leave. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got, awesome. you got you got you got you got, yeah, stuck, you in got stuck in traffic. Yeah, so, uh, I said I, I, got, I, got, like, I, got, I got like a fi- I got like a finite window of about three hours, and then you end up turning up and we had about an hour. chat. <laughs> And I think in that time you had one Virgin Mojito as well. So oh, that was exquisite. I, I don't that, know.
1: that Virgin Mojito was exquisite. <laughs> right, and I'm not going to lie.
0: Right. <laughs> and just to say that was the only drink the Ice Man had. The Iceman doesn't drink and drive. Just to, to confirm, that's quite right. Um,
1: okay. Yeah. Moving on to the next question. So we've got one here from uh, Mark at M Bison Twenty Two. Is he says. Is it futile to rotate players? It never seems to work, and more often than not, big scores are left on the bench. What are your thoughts on that, Bully?
0: Uh, Yeah, I had one bissaka on the bench this weekend, so that was fun. Um, So are they saying that you're better off putting your eggs in the starting 11 basket rather than having a spread of the money? I think he was
1: looking at a lot of people bench Mendy against Arsenal because they were looking at a rotation type thing. And obviously with the 15 points on the bench, it kind of hurt them. So I I would still say that rotating is good, even for defenders, but I I wouldn't on premiums. Four yeah, seven. no, I definitely.
0: Agree. You're kind of 4.5, five million players, definitely, but not on the, the ones you're spending lots on. I think that they've got to be starting, otherwise you're just potentially missing out on the big player in your, in your first 11. Yeah. Thoughts, Pete?
2: Yeah, I think as a general rule, I try to keep as little money on my bench as possible, but at the same time, from the 13 outfield players, I want at least 12 players who are going to be starting. Um, I, I left wan on my bench as well, and it's, it's annoying that I've missed out on those 12 points, but In the grand scheme of things, I've got a four million pound starting player on on my bench, so I know if you know inevitable happens and you know Mendy gets rotated one week, Davis also gets rotated that week, etc., etc. I've got players who are going to come on and do that. I've only got one player at the moment who I don't think a regular starter, and he's just to enable it. While my team value is only a hundred million, that's Kamara. Eventually, though, as the team value increases, and yeah, as soon as the value starts appearing. He'll be going, and you're looking at then having 13 outfield players who are starting. So I've, I've, it's annoying having it's annoying having points on your bench, but it's definitely not the worst thing in the world. It's certainly better than having no options coming off the bench when inevitably one of your forwards gets um, gets rotated in real life. Yeah,
1: fair. Okay, moving on next question. Richard Nickvist has put uh, Aguero with Huddersfield at home possibly being the best fixture all year for any team. Should he be locked in for the captaincy or are we overthinking it or is it risky? See, I do think it is risky, that is the problem. That's why I'm kind of going safe with Salah at the moment, but I still think that he could be a great option.
2: Thoughts on this, Pete? Yeah, I'm 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 captaining Salah. And again, I'll, I'll go back to the uh... Um, yeah, last season's game where Huddersfield and Man City drew 0-0. Now I know it was the end of the season. I know City had their um, title-winning party afterwards, and that. But yeah, Huddersfield are going to play 11 men behind the ball, and Aguero is going to be man-marked in that game. The yeah, City City, I think will win the game. They'll probably score a couple of goals in there. There's no guarantee it's going to come from Aguero. So I don't. I don't it's I'm, I'm going for Salah basically, and I don't. Um, if, if Aguero scores great, he's in my side. I get those points anyway. I don't think he's a banker captaincy option. Mike. Yeah, Bully, any
0: further thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, on paper, Aguero's nailed, but I just think Pep is such a troll and I've suffered it as hand so many times and I go with the uh, the guaranteed Sala option. I think. Yeah,
1: Okay, we've got one more here from Facebook. We've got uh, Mahish. Uh, So he's put, uh, hello boys, hope you had a fantastic game week. Quick question. A, Sterling plus Trent Alexander-Arnold, or B, KDB plus Robertson? If your FPL life depended on it, which one would you pick?
2: Go on, Peter, A or B? KDB and Robertson, definitely.
0: And Bully? Yeah, same for me, KDB and uh, Robertson. Yeah, I definitely would go for KDB and
1: Robertson, yeah. KDB and Robinson. I hope that's helped you, Mahesh. Okay, that is it for social media for this week, Bully. Thanks very much, guys. We appreciate your questions every week.
0: Okay. Having covered all the uh, the, the less important stuff, there's one final feature which is becoming the love of this pod, and that is Sexy Thoughts. Iceman, would you like to read out in your caramel voice the thoughts <laughs> of FPL Sexy?
1: Yeah, FPL Sexy. Our sexy Thoughts this week is the defence. So sexual. All those points. <laughs> actual term when defence is good is called defensual.
0: <laughs> no, this, this, this isn't really doing it for me. <laughs> oh, I think love it. That's it. oh, good. We've got to work on this delivery. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I butchered that. Sorry, sorry sexy. But uh, yeah, that's the sexy thoughts for this week. <laughs>
0: okay. Right. Well, um, if you've got any ideas or any responses to sexy thoughts or anything else, in fact, um, we'll to get in touch with the podcast. As usual, we talked about Patreon at the start. So patreon.com forward slash fancy football surgery. If you'd like to support us in our quest to keep the community informed about all things FPL, really appreciate all your support. Um, Join our mini league 225-369. Visit our website, fancyfootballsurgery.com. You can find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, Reddit as well. Follow us on Twitter at FF underscore surgery. Send us your questions, interact with the rest of the community and subscribe on iTunes. Remember to please rate the podcast. And if you, if you like what you hear, give us a review. And if you don't like it, you can, you can review that as well. All that's left for me to do is to say thank you for our guest. Once again, Peter Blake, it's been a
2: pleasure. Well, thank you for having me back. It's uh, always great to be here.
0: And if, uh, if people want to ask you any questions about your views today or FPL in general, where can they find you?
2: Uh, I'm on uh, Twitter twitter at uh, mathsafe underscore fpl uh i also have a blog called mathematically safe uh which is a wordpress blog so if you type in mathematically safe into google you'll
0: find it excellent all things stats and fpl ice man any final words of wisdom
1: never any wisdom for me
0: okay and, and where can people find you ice man if they want to ask you questions
1: oh at james Drury on twitter
0: outstanding well that's how you can get to the ice man and uh, see all of his little uh weekend outing pictures <laughs> And uh, finally from me, Burley, thanks for listening. I'm not going to tell you how to get in contact with me, I'm X directory. Until next time, up the pot. Up the
2: pole. Up the pot.
0: Simply lovely. Sim- <laughs> simply massive pod. Simply huge, loads of like dates with the, the fiance being cancelled to edit for the next 48 hours, not really going it's, into work.
2: Uh, it's so, what's that, just... like t- t- two hours plus?
1: It just kept cutting out. <laughs> it just kept cutting out the whole time. And I'm going to have to edit this. is going to take me years to edit this one.
0: That's exaggerating. <laughs> You'll have it done in, in tomorrow morning, <laughs> wouldn't you?
1: yeah you wish, so I'm just gonna this is me testing recording now, so um Pete, how's your house?
2: are you talking to me, Pete, or oh yeah the
1: other Pete? I was actually talking to the other Pete, so bully, how's your house
0: yeah it's um it's an absolute cracker.
1: Right, you're a little bit far away from the mic, mate. Are you eating and not really... It's an
0: absolute cracker.
1: There we go. That's that's better. And uh, and Peter, uh, what is 85 times 53 divided by 2?
2: Was it? Sorry, say that again.
1: 85 times 53 divided by 2?
2: Uh, uh, s- oh. Somewhere in the region of about 2,252 and a half, I think. I think Wilshire's a good piece of business. I think Wilshire's a good piece of business. I think Wilshire's a good piece of business if they can keep him fit. His role seemed to be, you know, dog chasing after a stick.